welcome back to the Let's Call It Nothing podcast where we discuss all things fangirl. We have been talking about the Wolves of Mercy Falls series by Maggie Stiefvater, aka the Shiver series. So where we last left off, where we last left off, she Shel- attacked. Shelby the She-Wolf attacked Grace. Sam had a panic attack. It Grace's parents were involved, but not really. And her mom was like, hey, you don't need to date this boy anymore. And Grace is like, F off. Yeah. And then they thought Shelby had died because, you know, Grace's dad shot her as a wolf. She, Her body disappeared. So Shelby's still around. She's still kicking it, presumably. All right. So we're on chapter 40, which is Sam's point of view. And it's 58 degrees Fahrenheit out. And this, I'm going to be reading the whole chapter. So it says, and so I looked for them. Every day that Grace was at school. I searched for them. The two wolves I didn't trust. The ones who were supposed to be dead. Mercy Falls was small. Boundary Wood was not as small, but more familiar and maybe more willing to give up its secrets to me. I would find Shelby and Jack and I'd confront them on my own terms. But Shelby had left no trail off the deck, so maybe she really was gone. And Jack, too, was nowhere. A dead, cold trail. A ghost that left no quartz behind. I felt that I had combed the entire county for signs of him. I thought, vaguely hoped, that he'd died, too, and ceased to be a problem. Been hit by some department a transportation vehicle and scooped into a dump somewhere. But there were no tracks leading to roads, no trees marked, no scent of a new-made wolf lingering at the school parking lot. He had disappeared as completely as snow in summer. I should have been glad. Disappearing meant discreet. Disappearing meant he wasn't my problem anymore. But I could just couldn't accept it. We wolves did many things. Change. Hide. Sing underneath a pale, lonely moon. But we never disappeared entirely. Humans disappeared. Humans made monsters out of us. dun 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 <laughs> Oh, that's so good. Okay. And I got to follow it up. Simply. With my haphazard writing. Dang, Maggie, why you make me look bad? <laughs> so chapter 41 is from Grace's perspective, and it's 54 degrees Fahrenheit outside. At school, Grace explains her wounds to her friends as being bitten by a raccoon. <laughs> That could attack me. She's yeah. also not very good with coming Rachel's up like, with okay. stories. And it's funny because uh, previously today I was like, can I domesticate a raccoon and put it in baby clothes? <laughs> so, no. so like if I were to be bitten by a raccoon, that's more believable. More, it's way more believable. We don't know about Grace's experiences with raccoons up until this point. Yeah, maybe. Maybe she, Rachel and Olivia do, but. Maybe they're like, was she trying to domesticate a raccoon? Because. <laughs> I like, don't foresee that. Like, they're probably like, why not? She's obsessed with wolves. Raccoons are just another animal. But they're very dissimilar. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Caitlin and Reba, if I were to be bit by a raccoon, they'd be like, okay. Yeah. I mean, why were you doing that? You know you're an idiot. Caitlin's already tried to dissuade me from getting my domesticated. I said no. Reba said cute. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> Reba has no worries because she thinks. Reba's she very be- supportive. <laughs> she believes in me and my raccoon. Raccoon trapping and domesticating abilities. I've domesticated birds. I don't see how okay, different that would be. If you got a be. raccoon and got bitten by it, you would be like, why did y'all let me do this? And I would be like, first off, you're an adult. And be like, second off, I told you no. Reba said cute. Therefore, it's her fault. It's Reba's fault that I got bit by a raccoon. Yeah. In okay. conclusion, yes. No. I'm thankful you're my friend and I, I thank you for supporting me in all my endeavors. Caitlin, I appreciate your honesty <laughs> and how you try to keep me safe, but I'm my own person. <laughs> anyway, with that being said, check out Charlie the Raccoon when I put up his <laughs> his or her Instagram <laughs> when I domestic- find it domesticate this raccoon. No! <laughs> no! <laughs> if anyone could do a painted V. <laughs> Thank you, Rita. I, if anyone in this room did domesticate a wild animal, it would be you other than a bird i'm already domesticated birds yeah yeah i could do it i think i could she asked rachel if she has talked to olivia which rachel hasn't spoken with her either they're great friends yeah i know rachel's kind of just like me you know like we are like yeah this person has been kind of concerning lately have you talked to them oh I'll reach out. Like, we have that communication in our friendship. Mm-hmm. I want to know what the hell Rachel does in all of the meantime when she's not around Olivia and Grace. I a lot of coffee. <laughs> I've drank three cups of coffee, which that's nothing to me now at all. I know. I've already had two today, and I'm like, when 
can I get a third? <laughs> yeah. But Isabel again confronts Grace. She shows her pictures. Olivia took of Jack changing in the Ooh. in the pictures. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't actually show like the morph between, but it, it shows, shows the before and after. The before and after. So Grace at this point knows that Olivia knows. knows. Which and she's also like, how did you get these pictures? Yeah. Grace, without any other options, gave Isabel her number. She tells Sam after school and they agree to meet. Isabel. We're gonna have a fun time, you know? Oh, yeah. Hey, chapter 42 is from Sam's perspective. It is 54 degrees Fahrenheit. So this is the beginning of the strange habitual bonding between Sam, Grace, and Isabel. Fun times. Grace and Sam, for some reason, decide, hey, let's make a quiche. And Isabel's like, can I ask why the hell we're making a quiche instead of talking about my brother? <laughs> and I'm like, girl, Sam, you come over to these people, this house of this girl you don't really know because mm-hmm. she supposed knows something about your brother who was supposedly dead is evidently a werewolf and she's like hey you want to make a quiche or like, we gotta have food for even, this conversation hey, you want to make a quiche it's like hey we're making a quiche you come help she's me. like grace and sam made isabel third wheel <laughs> literally <laughs> While it's they so weird they're not even friends like can you imagine <laughs> grace is like dude this this and this to help make the quiche and isabel's like what the fuck and then sam's like move over and let me do it i was like grace as a person i could really see right now where she's like this is is what we're gonna do right now yeah. this is how we're gonna make this as normal as possible and i'm like out of all the foods quiche mm-hmm. okay that's a choice it's talking it about this makes me hungry though oh good quiche right now man <laughs> yes. but on a diet for so someone. they end up uh listening to the radio and having a fun time being teenagers and making the quiche and i listen love like to mariah carey yeah they're like trying to figure out what music to listen to and at this point we're like grace isn't really a music person and then it's like on a like 90s pop playlist well, her like, mom comes in and is like, turn the radio station this. And she's finally yeah. like, leave it on this. And then it's Mariah Carey. Yeah. <laughs> and Grace is all about it. And I kind of said before, like this point, Grace's musical taste is not really there. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it was, she would just say that she likes stuff because that's what she grew up listening to. Mm-hmm. So like 80s, 90s type vibes. Yeah. Uh, like Mariah more popular Carey. stuff. Which is why so Mariah Carey comes on and she's like, always be my baby like <laughs> that's all my totally think of a different Mariah Carey song I can't think of another one like she knows it for that reason she's singing off key and Sam's like man I love this girl and Isabel's like why the f*** am I here for real I would also think that like yeah for real so uh, while the the quiche is cooking they talk about what happened to Jack and just the wolves in general and you know Isabel's so casual about this you know she's one of those characters we talked about this a little bit mm-hmm. uh, in like our Twilight series and I know in our vampire media episode of characters being so casual when they find out about these yeah. kinds of things and it's most like okay if the, it's the cold that makes you wolves why not go somewhere warmer mm-hmm. sam's like great idea isabel great Except, idea I've never mm-hmm. thought of that one but i feel like okay out of everybody i hate to say it but i i feel like isabel's a type eight personality yeah. for sure like she's like okay we got to do this mm-hmm. and when it's got to be done and i don't understand like if okay this is your solution why haven't you taken yeah, it. yeah, very much so. She's a doer. Yeah. And that's where like her and Grace have that in common. Mm-hmm. But like Grace at this point knows more than Isabel does. So she's mm-hmm. like, Isabel, there's a reason. Mm-hmm. But Sam um, explains about a time when a couple of the wolves in his pack went down to Texas because it's a lot warmer down there than it is in freaking Minnesota, you know. Mm-hmm. Heading down to Texas. And they were fine and everything when they were out in the 100 degree heat. But whenever they walked by a air conditioned store, that cold air immediately made one of them shift and it became a whole thing and they got shot by animal control and killed so we talked about this a little bit in uh, one of the previous episodes how like as soon as that cold air hits them no matter how long they've been in that heat mm-hmm. how warm it has been they're gonna shift because it's the instinct like yeah. they have to shift at some point mm-hmm. it's in them so the second the opportunity arises it's gonna happen mm-hmm. which is why like um and i don't even know if this is the part where they talk about why not stay at the equator where like it's yeah, it warm is. all the time and he's like 
well, as soon as you get in a situation where it's cooler, you're going to shift. It's your body's instinct. It's going to happen. Yeah, and it's even more unstable Mm -hmm. when it's that way. I'm trying to think of like what realistic circumstance to compare it to. It's kind of like quitting stuff cold turkey in a way. Yeah. Where like, you know, you're going to get to that breaking point. A lot of people get to that breaking point where you end up like binging Mm -hmm. because you've gone without it for so long that you need it. And well, this shifting thing, it's more like instinctual. Similar in a way, I guess. It's very similar. All right. So chapter 43, which is in Grace's point of view, and it's 45 degrees Celsius out. So Grace finally gets the chance to talk to Olivia after school. And she tells Olivia how she had seen the pictures that Olivia took and wondered uh, if she had spoken with Jack, of course, about him being a wolf and like changing and stuff. And Olivia tells her that he had changed in front of her and that she was helping him out until the two had got into an argument about there being a cure. I I got some qualms to pick with the situation. Uh, Jack is using Olivia. Oh, yeah. It's very very susceptible to all of this because she was there. She was Mm -hmm. like, this is weird. And she was kind of into the wolves, too. Mm Mm-hmm. And she's being used and yeah. it really it comes back to bite her literally yeah um <laughs> and like this part makes me feel bad because it makes me think of like these young people who get involved with older people and who are used mm-hmm. in a way as a person ha- that has been through that yeah yeah it definitely brought back memories mm-hmm. of that because they're gonna say and do anything to manipulate you yeah. into helping them so Sam pulls up to in the Bronco to pick Grace up at school and Grace checks her phone only to find that her parents are going to be staying out all night to meet with these people that they know. And Sam, of course. And Sam could tell could tell that this like affected her mood and that she was upset about it. So he convinced her like they should go on a little road trip to a candy shop that's like a few towns over. He's like, it's the best ever. It has the best hot chocolate. So they go on this super cute little date and when they go in, the shopkeeper asks how long that they've been together and Sam, of course, answers six years being adorable like he is. And then when they go to leave the store, Grace walks out to warm up the car because it's one of the coldest nights. But then she notices on the sidewalk that there's a pile of clothes there and some paw prints leading away from it in the snow. Dun, dun, dun. And at this point, you're like, okay, it could be this person, this person. <laughs> like, you don't really know. I, I, I made these notes. I read the book. I still don't remember who it is. I, I think I know. I love the response for they're like, yeah, we've been together six years. And this is the shop owner. You're like, wait, how old are these kids? <laughs> For real. I mean, I've known people like that where they've been together since they were like 12. Yeah. (laughs) Which I'm like, that's crazy. But like, you're still together. Good for you. That's great. It's like really cute. It is. It's a super cute scene. Um, This might be the point where I was staying up late one night reading and I was doing my voice to text. And my first one was like, is Beck's pack a cult? That was my first one. And then I said, does Grace have a savior complex? And I just wrote that. And then later on, I was like, she doesn't have a savior complex. She just wants to hold on to Sam. Because I was thinking about all these things she does for him. Mm-hmm. You know, she goes and makes sure the car is like, he turned all the way up, no matter how uncomfortable she is. She does all these things for him, which that's just being a good partner in these situations, I guess. Does she get any gratification from, you know, being that person for him? I want to say... As a person that has, I cook, I clean, I do all this stuff just on a normal basis. And like when I'm in a relationship with somebody, and I mean, it's not even just relationships. I do it with everybody. I want to take care Mm -hmm. of people and animals and everything, you know. So like I'm the type of person, it gives me enjoyment taking care of people and like serving their needs. And I sound submissive and whatever, but I mean, and it's not even in that way it's more like you know you're a person i care about let me do a few acts of service for you maybe that's one of her love languages this acts of service yeah well i also think that she feels like sam is the only one that's ever cared for in her life because he you know protected her even as a wolf Mm -hmm. so like she clings on to that and so she like she doesn't mind caring for him in that way because i mean she hates it when she does it for her parents because they're supposed to be her parents and she's not the one supposed to be doing that Mm -hmm. so like she sees it like completely okay that she does it for Sam because he's been there for her. So this is her taking care of him. It's mutual. Yeah. 
She also knows, like, if she doesn't warm up the car for him, he's not going to be around much no. longer. Like, because this is like there's an impending snowstorm. Yeah. It's really cold outside. So, so. she just kind of does what she can, mm-hmm. you know, to keep him around for herself and for him because it's mm-hmm. what he wants. So, chapter 44 is in Sam's perspective and it is 32 degrees Fahrenheit. So, we are at freezing temperature. They're driving back when Sam gets a call from Beck who tries to explain his reason for turning new people. Sam isn't ready to forgive him yet, so the conversation is very short. Grace then calls her parents in a very short conversation herself, just because she's like, well, you know, I might as well call them, see what they're up to, you know, wanting Mm -hmm. something from them, which she calls and it's a very short conversation because her parents are super disinterested in it. They've got other people they're hanging out with that they would much rather be with. Like, I think she called them after that conversation that Sam had with Beck. Like, Beck is Sam's dad in a way. And yeah. He, she, like, notices their relationship. There's enough feeling and respect in some sort where Sam is disappointed in his quote-unquote dad. dad. And, you know, there is some love there and she's like, uh, she craves that so much. So she calls her parents you Mm -hmm. know to see if she can have that even maybe not to pick a fight but like know just get something get some something out of them and she doesn't get it and she's like wow i can tell like even this situation is different like sam doesn't have his parents but he has this family Mm -hmm. i don't and she like right after this she's like you know what we should just elope Mm -hmm. i love that (laughs) yeah she like she's so frustrated with it she's like you know what why don't we just elope right now right here right now he's like um don't know about that one grace yeah (laughs) get married by deer i think is what they say yeah Yeah, they joke about how on brand that would be if they got married by a deer she asked him when he was changed and why he was in the woods which is a very interesting story Yeah. yeah because he's seven years old she's like why were you in the woods by yourself uh-huh. to be changed? And he's like, he's like, I wasn't I'm from Doolith, which is apparently a bigger town. In- yeah. When they mentioned the name of that town, I was like, isn't that in Georgia? I know, me too. <laughs> I was like, wait, where does this take place? I think it's actually Duluth. Yeah, I, mis- I mispronounced it. But All right, at least that's how the one in Georgia's yeah. announced. And he says, I'm from town. It was weird. I was getting on the bus and mm-hmm. was attacked by wolves randomly. And it's at this point that Sam, because Sam's such a poor little traumatic child, yeah. like he's like, holy sh- they picked me and just yeah. singled well, me out. Can you and well, it's he had like an inkling like in the back of his yeah. mind, but it's like him talking about this with her that he's like, oh, they really did I mean, do this on purpose. You were yeah. seven years old, kid. Like you were seven years old. You were just getting on the bus to go to school. You had loving parents. Like you were in a good, somewhat good situation, mm-hmm. and then you get dragged off by wolves and attacked and turned. And you didn't think that's a little fishy? He was seven. Well, yeah, it should yeah. be. It, it, he's once again. He's so casual about this. Even whenever he's telling her, he's like, "No, I wasn't in the woods. Like I was trying to get onto the bus." Mm-hmm. Well, that, she's like, "That's weird." Well, I mean, that's why. I'm saying that he has an inkling in the back of his mind, but he didn't want to make yeah. the thought fully form. He also doesn't want, up until this point, he doesn't want to see Beck as a yeah, bad, guy. bad guy. That's the point. And he's realizing like, oh, maybe there's more to this than yeah. what I've been told and what I've always known. And let's think about it. He Right after this, his parents tried to kill him. So like, it's not that, mm-hmm. it doesn't register that way because he's already like traumatized from that. Traumatized from that. Mm-hmm. So poor seven year old Sam. He's went poor through Sammy. a lot. Emotions are high. Emotions are high. So what happens? They get back home mm-hmm. and they have their first time together. <laughs> this book, first book of the series they have sex they do have sex wild i know at this time and age in ya i feel like it's pretty wild i'm sorry if you heard my i didn't read it a lot a lot like, i didn't either this is one of the very few books like ya books that i read as a kid where they did mm-hmm. have sex i mean it's one of those like we only have so much time might as well and they were like on the same page i do have to say like while it was happening i'm like protection where's that at yeah who has it because neither of y'all have had sex before and you You didn't really even consider a relationship until like a week or two ago (laughs) 
That's a good point. Where did this condom I, I come know. from? I was like, where did you get a condom? <laughs> okay, so I got a few theories. Okay. Either it came from school because they're they don't live yeah, in the south yeah. and they, you know, they That's possible. they aren't preaching abstinence they to sex everybody. Ed. They have sex ed. Or hear me out. This is what I actually think happened. Ulrich has been giving, which is one of the wolves that Sam lives with. Yeah. (laughs) Ulrich has given Sam condoms since he was like 13 years old. That's what I think more. I'm like, (laughs) Sam had something tucked away in a just-in-case situation. And he's like, you better keep this in your wallet, boy, in his little German accent. He's like, you need, you'll need this one day. (laughs) Like, oh. Okay, so and boys do that. Like teenage boys have them on hand, no matter. Have I talked to you about the mortal instruments sex scene? (laughs) They're in the pits of hell, and Jace whips out a condom out of his wallet. I remember you talking about this, and I'm like, he would be prepared of all people. Yeah, he's also like not a virgin at that point. Like whatever. I feel like virgin or not, I think guys just automatically have them on hand, which is good. Yeah, I mean, make sure it's like good. You know, it hasn't been opened before. It's not ruined. Like. not expired it's good to be prepared <laughs> yeah. for any situation <laughs> consensual situation mm-hmm. putting that one out there i'm thinking if a i'm thinking mainly like a female but both the male and the female or just the female were werewolves in this situation if they got pregnant as a human would they still be able to shift into a wolf i've been wondering that since like the later books too like because it's not answered i've always wondered and like do they keep the pregnancy as wolves mm-hmm. or not. Yeah. Like, or if you get pregnant as a wolf, I wonder is, is the child even a werewolf? Like, yeah. Or are they able to have children? Are they able to have kids? Because no, nothing is ever stated that they have children. Mm-hmm. Like nobody's ever like, oh yeah, we have kids now. I, I was just curious about that. But I mean, maybe it's like a mule situation where yeah. if you were, if that, you that would probably half, make the most sense. If you have half and half in you, then you're not. Because otherwise, Otherwise, it would just get complicated, and I feel like you would have to be one or the other. Mm-hmm. And then your kid, I don't know what they're going to come out looking like. Yeah. <laughs> Do they come out looking like a wolf? And the gestation between gestation yeah. of a wolf and a gestation of a human yeah. are two entirely different things. So it's probably not in it's that one way. Of those things, like I have questions about it, but it's not brought up like it is in Twilight, mm-hmm. where it happens and Magical it still doesn't sperm. make any sense. <laughs> yeah. Where Maggie's like I'm not even going to go there. Yeah. Like we don't need to go there. No one in these books is ready for that mm-hmm. as far as I know. It doesn't even need to be a conversation. Yeah, if this wasn't targeted to YA, I don't think there would have been any conversation about them using protection. Mm-hmm. Just because I don't think that that's where she I think she was she meant more like they're they're sterile once they become werewolves. Yeah. But you don't say that in a YA novel. No. And you don't like if you're gonna have sex in a YA novel you you're gonna to mention protection I read a lot sort. of smut you know mm-hmm. and I always look for okay <laughs> there better be something going on we, we better ask about it before we do anything yeah have that conversation before you put things in places you know yeah that, that's a general rule yeah, for yeah. life Reba is showing us what Sam looks like for Maggie's according drawing. to the the fandom wiki yeah that's that's a drawing for Maggie oh it is yeah I think so Chapter 45 is from Grace's perspective. It is 30 degrees Fahrenheit, so it's below freezing for, Mm. I think, the first time that I remember looking. her mom's name is Amy. (laughs) Yes! (laughs) We knew it. I knew it! I'm so glad. I'm so glad. Chapter 45 is from Grace's perspective. It is 30 degrees Fahrenheit. A little while after, Grace is woken up by Sam's phone going off. She answers it, and Beck is on the other end. Does she know that it's Sam's phone she's picking up, or does she just pick up her phone? She knows it's Sam's phone. So Grace wakes up Sam and Beck tells Sam that Paul was attacked by a wolf, but Beck wasn't sure who it was. Sam asked if it was one of the new wolves, which Beck says it couldn't have been. So Sam's like, is it one of your new wolves? Mm -hmm. Beck's like, no, no, don't go blaming me on stuff. So Beck asked if Sam could come back to the house even in this weather, which Sam doesn't answer. Sam is still very mad at him. There's no forgiveness at this point. Yeah. And Grace is like, okay, like, I'm going to be supportive of you, but also we need to fix things. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I love you, but... (laughs) 
So, with chapter 46 is from Grace's point of view, and it's 45 degrees out. So, they kind of have this talk about their first night together, and Sam worries if that it was the wrong time. And Grace gets mad at this when he says it. Then He's like, I feel uneasy about it. And she's like, we used protection. Yeah. I know, that, that was so funny to me. <laughs> he said, not that. And he says it in the worst possible f***ing way. Yeah, like, he's like, not that. I just I just hope it was the right time. And she's like, it was the right time. And then he looks away and he says, only thing I wonder is, did you make love to me to get back at your parents? Y'all, don't. 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 Just, oh my gosh. I could, I, I would be livid. I would be seriously livid and she is <laughs> yeah i mean yeah and this is like their first like argument mm-hmm. really but the thing about it is it like comes to an understanding pretty quickly mm-hmm. and i feel like that has to do with their time and i kind of think about once again like if you are in a relationship with someone who there's not a lot of time whether there's an illness or they're leaving at some point how fast are you going to be to forgive that person oh super quick yeah because you're like i love you what you did what you said what but it's not gonna well, change anything. I mean, Sam pretty quickly regrets what he says. And he's like, I'm sorry I said it. You're right. I just couldn't believe something, someone so good could happen to me. So don't go mad, Grace. Please don't go mad. And then this paragraph really gets me. She's like, I closed my eyes. For a brief moment, I wished with all my heart that he was just a normal boy so that I could storm away with my pride and in- in- indignation. Yeah. I can't say that. But he wasn't. He was as fragile as a butterfly in autumn, waiting to be destroyed by the first frost. So I swallowed my anger, a bitter mouthful, and opened the door a bit more. I don't want you to ever think something like that again, Sam Roth. Oh, girl. (laughs) And that's the thing, though. Even though she's forgiving of him Mm -hmm. at this point, she doesn't pause. Mm -hmm. She doesn't hesitate to tell him, you did something wrong, Mm -hmm. and you should not think that way. Like, that's not how I am as a person. Um. And it's kind of like whenever you are dealing with people that you love and their insecurities and stuff. And whenever they say stuff like this because Mm -hmm. they're so insecure or their trauma or they're trying to run away. You're like, how dare you say that Mm -hmm. about us, about yourself? Like, you are worthy of me. I'm worthy of you. Get over it. Like, Mm -hmm. we only have so long. You need to get over it. Yeah. So after this discussion, they talk about going to see Beck because Grace is like, I want to meet Beck. He's essentially your dad. Out, I want to meet him. And of course, Sam doesn't think this is a good idea, but he eventually caves in and they agree to go together anyway. Because mm. Grace calls the shots. Grace definitely does. I think that's what's also different about this book is is talking about how Grace calls people out and stuff. There's a lot of people that age, like when we were younger, who wouldn't call people out on their I'm Gen s- Z will, but like that's a whole other story. <laughs> but I'm still bad about that in relationships where... If I have, because I'm not an emotional person, like if I have emotions, it's hard for me to discuss them. So like, it's hard for me to voice things like that. And I try my damnedest in relationships to be like, okay, I have an issue with this and yeah. I want to work on this. Um, I have a problem doing it healthily. I yeah. Can, I can tend to be p- very passive aggressive with it. Yeah. I can, I have had times where I felt like I had said it in a very open and honest way mm-hmm. where, I mean, especially um working with children and i'm not just talking about like my little seven-year-olds but also like i work with 17 year olds during the summer and me being able to sit down and being like i did not like how you said this mm-hmm. or even like i'm sorry i said this yeah like being able to apologize for your own actions and being mm-hmm. able to like point others out and understand them being like hey i don't like how you said this i believe it was coming from this place you can tell me if that was where it came from mm-hmm. but I don't want us to be this way with each other. Yeah. And see, it's great that she's that way because I am in a relationship with a person who we both are really bad about mimicking Mm -hmm. other, other like qualities of the people we are conversing with. Mm -hmm. And so it was really bad in the beginning because I noticed it quicker than he did about how I would say something and he would do something similar, you know, and it's not bug the hell out of me. (laughs) 
It's not, but that's just how we both yeah, are. Yeah, yeah. And so it's not, problem is we're very similar and with stuff like that. And it just, it's hard sometimes because I'm like, okay, are you saying that just to say that? Or are mm-hmm. you, do you really mean that? And he's not a feelings person. I'm not a feelings person. I'm definitely better than he is at that. But at the end of the day, it's tough when you don't have that kind of outlet. I guess is the best way to say that. But yeah, so I appreciate seeing that because it's hard on me to do that. So I appreciate like- And I feel like um, out of the fights that I read about between young couples in mm-hmm. books or see on like movies and TV, this was healthy because he realized pretty quickly, mm-hmm. oh, I said this. I didn't mean it necessarily in this way, mm-hmm. but this is how she heard it. I need to apologize. And she's like, don't you dare say that. Mm-hmm. And she wants to be mad about it, but she also realizes our situation is so different. Mm-hmm. You know what it is? It's because it doesn't have that trope of there is miscommunication. Now all of this like I said, is all all this huge fight is based off this one error and everything happens because of it. Yeah. And it's not even like, the thing is they do it so well. Like it's not, because most teenage conflict in relationships and books and stuff, it's so dumb. Yeah, yeah it is. It's yeah. either way too toxic or really dumb. Yeah. And I don't feel like either that's And either. the um, the conflict in this book compared to other like YA romance isn't their relationship. Mm-hmm. Like them having to miscommunicate communication or like even edward and bella like can we be together can we not be together whatever i get annoying it's it's very much like outside like they're not trying to pull apart from each other necessarily they know there's other outside forces that are going to do it anyway Mm -hmm. so it's different yeah and they're a rock solid couple they Mm -hmm. really are and it shows in in this that they're just they're even like healthy they're um, healthy even like this early into the relation relationship where they've been through some hard times. They haven't been through their hardest time yet. Mm-mm. But, and this is their first fight, but seeing them already able to work through this much, you know, really sets up the possibility of them being able to work through more. That being said, I don't remember what happens in Linger. I haven't read forever. I don't know where this is going. I have hope, but also I understand there's two other books, so there's going to need to be some conflict and some of that will re- be relationship conflict. Yeah. Yep. Um, <laughs> what's crazy though, I will say, out of all three books, the conflicts are so different. Like you would never, when you when you read them, you're you kind of might guess at it, but the actual conflicts are like something you wouldn't really think of. Yeah. Ha- like it's not the same thing over and over and over again, which is great. It's great. Love that. I hate repetitive. Like uh-huh. <sighs> Maggie. Snaps for you. Snaps for you. Chapter 47 is from Sam's point of view, and it is 44 degrees Fahrenheit. Uh, Sam went to look for Jack. He stopped by his place only to hear him and Isabel fighting. After after Isabel had left, Sam confronted Jack. Jack was telling him about someone finding a cure, which confused Sam until Jack said that Grace had been cured and she was going to show him the cure. Sam told him to stay away from Grace. And I mean, like, he got... Oh, yeah. As, those protective instincts as kicked feral in. mm-hmm. as I could ever imagine Sam being like that was his most his protective instinct mm-hmm. just which um in. if there is some sort of mating type thing you know aside from them like liking each other and being in love that would make sense because like in most situations where there's quote-unquote mates they are so protective. They're mm-hmm. like, no one else can like go against my mate. They are my person. Don't you dare lay a finger on them. And I mean, they're wolves. And yeah. wolves don't necessarily mate for life. Mm-hmm. Like how we were taught. They they mate for however long they have. You know, like if one dies, they can find another mate. But they mate, like their mate is their mate. And that's who they're with. And that's mm-hmm. it. Jack tries to attack Sam. He pulled a knife, mm-hmm. a kitchen knife. And he's trying to attack, attack Sam. But before he can, he changes into a wolf. And it's kind of like, this is a weird part because, you know, Sam kind of gets the knife away and he's like, man, you're lucky you didn't vomit this time. You're doing great. (laughs) Doing great, kid. He's like doing song lyrics in his head at this point, too. And I'm like, dude, you're in a dire situation. Life or death. Like, get it together. Oh, yeah. That was I think he's desensitized to that. He definitely is. I'm going to backtrack a little bit. When they were, I think when they were in the middle of their first time, he's like, this is the first time I've never just sat back and like 
made mm-hmm. song lyrics in my head like I'm just in this moment, yeah. which is beautiful. nice. Beautiful. Um, Sam chased after him in the house, and that's the last we know. We don't really mm-hmm. know. Sam's like, I can beat him. Yeah, Sam's like, I could take him. Mm-hmm. And then that's not. And then he's like, <laughs> mm, maybe not. <laughs> But no, I wonder, um, I mean, Jack knows a little bit about Sam and Grace, mm-hmm. I believe at this point about them being together. Him, him being like, I know someone who has the cure mm-hmm. and Sam being like, who? And he's like, that Grace girl, like, girl, <laughs> Sam's there. like whoa, hold up. Jack, I don't know if it's mentioned yet. Jack believes that Grace has taken the cure because Olivia told him about Grace being attacked by wolves. Mm-hmm. Is that how he could see? idea in his head that grace yeah yeah so (laughs) olivia was like oh my friend grace was attacked by wolves when she was a kid yeah she was bitten she had the flu afterwards or something and jack's like wait a second those things happened to me and i still shift this grace girl must have had a cure or something like Mm -hmm. so that's i guess he's pretty smart i don't know like i mean isabel's super smart mm -hmm. their mom's a doctor and her dad's a lawyer um they got something going on for yeah. them. Chapter 48 is from Grace's perspective. It is 49 degrees Fahrenheit. So it's after school. Oh, man. Um, Grace is waiting to get picked up. Finally, the Bronco comes along. I guess she doesn't really pay that much attention. Because she gets in, looks to her left, and then realizes, that's not my boyfriend driving this. Sam is not here. Mm-hmm. It turns out being Jack. And yeah. you find out, oh, so Jack got out. Sam, Sam's in trouble. Mm-hmm. Wherever he is, he's in trouble. So Jack, of course, you know, is very manic. And he is asking how to cure himself because he believes that Grace has taken a cure. And she's like, I don't know what the f*** you're talking about. And he's trying to, like, get to her being like, you better tell me. Mm-hmm. And he says, oh, I also bet your little friend Olivia. Which she's like, what the f-? Like, mm-hmm. freaking Olivia? <laughs> I'm like Grace. If you would have, you know, been a better friend. <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah. When I was reading this again, I was like thinking about Olivia, and I was like, she gets bit, doesn't she? <laughs> yeah. I knew uh, someone did, but I couldn't remember who. I couldn't. I couldn't remember whether it was Rachel or Olivia. I knew it was Olivia because she was the only it other person no interested in wolves. Yeah. Rachel would be like, I'm a wolf now, and she's like, Oh, tell me where Sam is. He doesn't want to tell her because he has that over her. So Grace finds finally decides because she's a smart cookie hey i'm gonna say to jack oh we have to go to this place and talk to this person about the cure mm-hmm. which he says okay cool so she calls it back and kind of um you know plays it off because so he's like what's wrong whatever and she's like i need to talk to you when you the cure and he finds out pretty quickly oh jack like mm-hmm. this situation whatever this is and he's like to get on it parenting her he's like you're doing great yeah 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 he's real he sweet. says yeah jack goes what's he saying and grace goes he's telling me what door you should come in when you get there to get in the fastest so you won't change he can't use the cure on you if you're a wolf and beck says to her good girl now, can jack not hear this call on the other no, end? that's a good point if his senses are heightened like wolves can hear Mm-hmm. Right? I know yeah. dogs can hear. My dogs are like hearing stuff that way off in the distance. I'm, l- I'm like, how are you hearing that? Right yeah, now? but you got to think these are all wolves people. So they may have their phone on a lower setting. Maybe. But I feel like he still would be able to hear some stuff. Oh, probably. Unless he's so like manic at that point and yeah. in his own mind and being like, I got to do this, this, this. Like he's thinking about so many things. He's not mm-hmm. bothering to listen. And he trusts Grace for some reason. Yeah. He obviously doesn't know her that well to know that she's a great well, liar. She's a great liar. But, and she's uh, a Jack, Jack's not that smart anyway. So he's smart enough to figure out that Grace hasn't been able to change it to a werewolf. He's smart on she, some she things. This bitten. is not one of them. I think he was so set <laughs> on she knows about the cure that he was like, whatever she say is going to be golden. Like she's going to tell me because I have her boyfriend and I bet her friend. She's going to tell me like. Mm-hmm. He has no idea that she's going to trick him. All right. So we're on to chapter 49 now, which is from Sam's point of view, and it's 40 degrees Celsius out. And I'm going to be reading the whole chapter. Fahrenheit. Fahrenheit. It's Fahrenheit. It's Fahrenheit. We are hot. The chemist in me has me saying Celsius. Is that why you were like, we need to explain that this is in Fahrenheit? Yes. (laughs) I was like, this is more of an American thing. It is. It is. (laughs) 
We won't go into detail about why it's dumb. But. <laughs> it says, cold clung to my skin. Earthy darkness pressed against my eyes, so heavy that I blinked to clear it from my irises. When I did, I saw a dull white rectangle in front of me, the crack of a door, without any other shapes to gauge, gauge by. Not gauge. <laughs> to gauge by. I couldn't tell if it was desperately close or horribly far away. Smells crowded around me, dusty, organic, chemical. My breathing was loud in my ears, so wherever I was had to be small. A tool shed, a crawl space, crap. It was cold. Not cold enough for me to change, not yet, but it would be soon. I was lying down. Why was I lying down? I staggered to my feet and bit my lip hard to keep from gasping aloud. There was something wrong with my ankle. I tried it again, carefully, a fragile fawn on new legs, and it gave underneath me. I crashed sideways, arms wheeling, feeling for some kind of support. My palms raked across a legion of spiked instruments of torture hung on the walls. Wow, what a description. I had no idea what they were. Cold, metallic, dirty. For a moment, I stayed on all fours, listening to my breathing, feeling blood well on my palms, and thinking about giving up. I was so tired of fighting. It felt like I'd been fighting for weeks. Finally, I pulled myself back up and limped to the door, arms stretched out in front of me to protect my unarmored body from more surprises. Icy air seeped in through the crack in the door, trickled into my body like water. I reached for a handle, but there was nothing but ragged wood. A splinter stuck into my fingers, and I swore very quietly. Then I leaned my shoulder into the door and pushed, thinking... Please open. Please, if there's any justice in this world, nothing. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I was just waiting for it. <laughs> After every scene. So basically, of Sam doesn't know where he is. He doesn't know how much time he has left. Mm-hmm. He's locked up. He he knows it's cold. He's he's knows he's going to change. He doesn't want to, of course, but he's given no options anymore. Mm-hmm. He's like, nothing's going to happen. This is the end. Chapter 50 is from Grace's point of view, and it is 39 degrees Fahrenheit. Sorry. <laughs> Jack had shifted into to a wolf. Grace and Beck put him in the bathroom. Grace called Sam, but he was close to turning and didn't know where he was. She then called Isabel to find where she was on the property. After a long time, she finally found him and <laughs> saved him. Isabel. That was such a short synopsis. Yeah, it really was. It really So, yeah, yeah. So they lo- they lock up Jack and I think what is it? Grace called Sam, but they're going in and out. And yeah. Sam is like... Cold, uh, he, cold. He's like, cold, cold. I think he says something about Isabel, about contacting her, because he doesn't know where he is, but he... He knows he's on the property. He knows, because that's where his last memory is. So, she ends up, line drops or whatever, they hang up, and she ends up calling Isabel... She's like, where are you? Isabel's yeah. like, my house. No, and then she talks about how her, her dog got eaten by her brother. No, it's <laughs> funny because she she calls, she finds Isabel's number and calls her and it, and it says it rings twice. Yeah, Isabel, it's Grace. I'm not an idiot. I saw your number. <laughs> Love her. But she's like, she's like, okay, I guess I'll go look. We have like 18 sheds on our property. <laughs> she says we have six outbuildings. <laughs> yeah, and she's, she's like marching around, do whatever, like in the cold. <laughs> looking for Sam and like calling him out being like wolf boy Sam just like calling him out and like opening and being like that's not him that's not him and then she just starts going off about Jack eating her dog yeah (laughs) I I like like this Isabel this is a serious situation it's she says I get it snapped Isabel there were rustling sounds I'm getting my coat on I'm going outside can you hear me now I'm outside She's like, I'm freezing my ass off for you. I'm walking across the yard. I'm walking across the part of the grass my dog used to pee on before my damned brother ate her. <laughs> I love her. If I was Grace, I'd be like, Isabel, focus. No, and then she goes, I'm jogging to the first shed. I'm calling his name. Sam, Sam, are you in there? I don't hear anything. If he's turned into a wolf in one of these sheds and I let him out and he rips my face off, I'm having my family sue you. <laughs> I just love that. I'm at the next one. Sam, you in there? Dude, unless he's turned into a bicycle, he's not in here either. <laughs> and then, like, she gets to one and she goes, all right, okay, so there's, like, just a few close to the house, which is where she goes first. And Grace is like, you know, we don't have a lot of time, whatever. And Isabel's like, I'm trying. And she checks two of them. And she's like, well, there's other ones further away, but, like, I have to get there. Like, I have to get on a vehicle to get there. And Grace mm-hmm. is like, no. Oh, he's gonna be at one close he's gonna be at one close and then she opens the third one and she's like oh my god and grace is like what 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 and she's like he's fine he's really cold but he's still human it's <laughs> like thanks isabel thanks she, she goes thank god my parents aren't home tonight she's like i'm about to bring this boy in the house and 
He's wolfing out a little bit. My brother is God knows where. Actually, he's locked up right now. Smiled. I just love the little, uh, like, Isabel. Isabel being helpful. (laughs) Helpful, not helpful at the same time. She finds him. She does. She could have been like, no, thank you. She could have been like, let my brother go first. No, no, she's like, yes, I'm going to help you. Fine, I'm going to help you, but I'm bitching the entire time and you have to stay on the line. Yeah, what she says in the next chapter is funny, too. Uh, (laughs) Chapter 51 is from Grace's point of view. It is 38 degrees outside. Grace gets to the Culpeper residence where she finds Sam in a sick in-between state. Yeah, Isabel says, he's in the living room next to the fire. He just stopped throwing up before he got here. He puked all over the carpet, but that's okay because I like having my parents pissed at me. No point interrupting a constant pattern. Love it. While they're trying to get Sam warm, Grace explains she thinks getting really warm might actually be the cure. Yeah, um, she kind of thinks about her time after her attack and being locked up in that car. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember exactly who like mentions it, mm-hmm. but they're like, you got so hot in that car that like maybe that's prevented you from ever shifting into a wolf. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Isabel tells them about a guy with 107 fever and how something like that might cure it. He had meningitis. Meningitis. Sam tells Grace how he really needs to see Beck before they change for the last time. Because he wants to see his dad one more time Mm -hmm. and be like, I forgive you. Like, I don't want it to end this way. All that. Yeah. And this is where it just starts getting sad. Yeah. And it's it's real sad. It stays sad. But they want to go see Beck. All right. We're on chapter 52 now. Mm -hmm. So at the beginning of this chapter, which is from Grace's point of view, and it's 33 degrees Celsius out, they're kind of talking about like... Fahrenheit. Uh, Fahrenheit. Why do I keep saying Celsius? It'd be real warm, right? <laughs> yeah, it would. It'd be extremely warm. It'd be way past warm. So they're they're driving away. Um, and they're talking more about the theory about like the fever and stuff, and like how Sam's like, I'd rather risk it than you know, and die than stay as a wolf or whatever. But then in the middle of this, they end up hitting a deer, and then of course, of yeah. course, something bad's got to happen, and of course, this leads to you know. <laughs> the warmth going away and the cold coming back in so Sam knowing that he's going to change soon calls back to tell him goodbye and that he loves him and stuff and then Sam changes back into a wolf so I have uh, one quote um, whenever they're talking about him taking the cure quote unquote we don't know if it's a cure yet mm-hmm. but uh, the meningitis blood he said I'd be willing to try it for you to stay with you. And he says, I don't want to do this anymore, Grace. It's not good enough anymore to watch you from the woods. Not now that I've been with you. The real thing. I can't just watch anymore. I'd rather risk whatever could happen. And she's like, well, death. He said, yeah, death. Then watch all this slip away. I can't do that, Grace. I want to try. Only I think I'd have to be human for it to have a chance. It doesn't seem like you could kill the wolf while you were the wolf. And then, you know, she's thinking about it and everything. And he's like, well, Grace, if you want me. And she's like, if I want you. She's like, if. Have we been through this before? She's like, excuse me, if. And she's like, of course I do, Sam. I love you. You know I do. I've loved you for years. You know that. And he says, yeah, I do. But I just wanted to hear you say it. And I'm like, why are we joking? (laughs) You're like, you asshole. (sighs) And I'm pretty sure this is the first time they say I love you. It is. Yeah. And that's why he's like, I just wanted to hear you say it. (laughs) He shifts. And it's so sad where I'm like, because she's thinking, please don't go. Please don't go. Chapter 53 is from Sam's perspective. It is 33 degrees Fahrenheit. Crashing into the trembling void, stretching my hand to you, losing myself to frigid regret. Is this fragile love a way to say goodbye? And... Is that where we're stopping today? Yeah. Yep. That's where we are stopping today. Y'all have anything to say about that one? No, I'm just, this is so. I'm like, like <laughs> we got to keep it together. <laughs> keep we, it together. We said we wouldn't cry until episode five. This, this is the way to say goodbye. No, it's not. No. It's not. Never. And, you know, it's like, okay, Isabel found him. He's safe. They're safe. He's going to go say goodbye to Beck. It's fine. They're fine. And then this tragedy happens, and it's tragic not because she wrecked her car, but because it's getting cold now, and there's no way that he can stay human, and they know, like, this is goodbye. Yeah. They prepared for it in a way, but it still happened very suddenly. 
Mm-hmm. And I once again, I feel like that's probably how it is. Yeah. Um, when you lose someone in any kind of way where you think you're prepared for it until it actually happens and you're like, wait, we needed more time. Yeah. I mean, it makes like, me so sad. <laughs> with uh, my grandfather dying, who was, I was very, very close to, he was, uh, I knew that it was the end, but it's still, that day is forever etched in my memory and it's still like it wasn't enough time. Even knowing that he wasn't himself at that point, you're still like, I need. I need yeah. more time because you're never ready for stuff like that. Mm-mm. But yeah, we're not going to cry. Not not yet. Not yet. Wrapping this up on a sad ass note. Yeah. At our next episode, we are finishing up Shiver with chapters 54 through the end. And be ready because it's, it's hella emotional. This is when everything happens. Yeah. Like at this point, we're just going home. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, like for the last few episodes it's been okay i like this boy mm-hmm. and he turns into a wolf and Sam's they cuddle like, a little bit they cuddle they sleep they're like the same oh bed. we don't have time we just need to soak it all in yeah there's i'd be some- like we don't have time let's go on an adventure <laughs> yeah and then it's just this is where i mean this is the car crash that happens i mean it's it's rough and it's everything's going to happen in the next episode and it's just going to be like <gasps> it's just one thing right after another yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah there is no stop but this is the point like this these this- last few chapters are really what like solidifies this book to me like this is good yeah like, it is it's this epic tragic love story and we keep on calling it tragic because it is yeah and it may or may not have a sad or happy ending it's to this Wrenching. It, it's very gut wrenching. Um, it's very real in a way, even though mm-hmm. it's fictionalized. I mean, because you, you feel it. Yeah, you yeah. feel both sides of it, and it's like, <gasps> you know, I've cried every single time I've read it, and mm-hmm. I don't cry. I've cried at this book and Flowers in the Attic. That's the only two books I've ever <laughs> cried at, and. Even years, like it's been over ten years since I read the read it the first time, and I cried again. So. Sorry for the sadness. Be ready for the tears. We'll try and be funny at some point. <laughs> so that's it for today. We will see you next week and we will hold it together the best that we can. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening. Remember to follow us. Uh, follow us on Instagram at Let's Call It Nothing Pod, where we are posting all about the Shiver series and other fun things. And we will see you next time. Bye. Bye.